some little thing in the deep, dark reaches of their mind that just says, yeah, I don't like how that looks. And we need to look ourselves in the mirror and say, what do we got to change? Welcome to the Triple P Podcast, premier, professional, and proactive, brought to you by the Ohio Fire Chiefs Association. I'm your host, Clayton O'Brien, and I'm the fire chief for the city of Oregon, and I'm an active member of the association. I currently sit on the executive board for the Ohio Fire Chiefs Foundation, and I became an association fellow in 2021 as part of class number 10. The Ohio Fire Chiefs Association exists to improve the safety of Ohio by leading, representing, educating, and supporting Ohio emergency services. This podcast is not only for the members of the association, but also for any other fire and emergency service leaders. It is the purpose of the association to promote education, best practices, and study ways and means to cope with the ever-increasing need for a better understanding of the complex problems which are being presented to the fire protection and emergency services of our nation today. And I'm joined by my co-host, Assistant Chief Joel Fry from the Napoleon Fire Department and Fire Chief Joshua Hartberger of the White House Fire Department. Thanks, Clayton. Hello, I'm Joel Fry, Assistant Fire Chief for Napoleon Fire and Rescue. I am a current member of the OFCA, and I currently sit on the Education Committee. I am happy to be here, striving to advance the fire service as a whole. And I'm Joshua Hartbarger from the White House Fire Department. I'm also a member of the Ohio Fire Chiefs Association, and I sit on the Education Committee and the Legislative Committee. So here's the thing, Brad, though. What happens in these certain departments that don't necessarily have a company officer? They don't have that one individual that has the title that's working on a regular day every single day. So so then what? Well, what's the, what's the next best thing? I guess if if that's if somebody's if somebody has the responsibility of riding in that seat, whether they're a promoted officer or not, you may very well have firefighters that are functioning in that capacity. Um, if they're in that seat that day, they they carry some of that responsibility. If they if you as chief officers are allowing them to make a decision whether to go into a building or not, uh, you know, and they're riding in that front seat that day, they need to have uh, you know, or at least work to get some of that knowledge. I certainly certainly am not trying to to sound. Uh, you know, uh, dismissive over what I think people might not know, but just simply what I really want people to do is realize what they don't know. It's that whole concept of unconscious incompetence. Mm -hmm. They don't realize all of these lessons are out there. Um, I didn't even mention a couple of the most uh, super critical ones here in Ohio, Pater Avenue and Hamilton with Pat Walterman and Robin O'Brien on the Squirrel's Nest Lane fire in Coleraine Township. And, and, you know, uh, John Nance, the High Street fire in Columbus, the list goes on and on and on. And my point is we have to study that stuff. We have to take, um, we have to make it a point in our career development at some point along the way to really dive into that. And I think that's what makes a company officer, um, what makes a company officer qualified, I guess, to make those go or no-go decisions when you pull up on a house. Because there could be just something that creeps into their head a little bit. Some little thing in the deep, dark reaches of their mind that just says, yeah, I don't like how that looks. Mm -hmm. And that could be one of those incidents or one of those, uh, you know, voices from beyond, if you will, that that has paid for a lesson with their life that we need to respect. Um, so anyways, just, uh, got a, in a little bit of a rabbit hole there, but I, the idea is I really do hope that, that company officers see the value in being historians at that, at that level. Um, and if not the company officer, then maybe the chief, maybe the training officer, you know, maybe something along those lines. It, it's going to look different in each organization. Um, but I hope somebody's stepping up. 
Yeah. yeah, well, that's a good point. Then that's what that's what it's all about, right? Somebody's got to step up. If there's not an actual titled company officer, then you know it's not, and it's not the title that's you know creating that individual that's to lead the group. I mean, there's so many of our people in our organizations that are leaders, or informal leaders, or leaders without a title. They are ones that don't have them that that are stepping up each and every day to to act as us a company officer is expected to act. Um, but it's just. They're, it's in their nature to be able to act like that is just be a leader without the title. Well, and I think that's back to your original question. It is the onus of everybody to, you know, to understand that as the nature of what we do. I mean, you know, you mentioned also code enforcement. You know, you say Coconut Grove and any code code enforcement official out there is going to remember, yep, triggered right in my brain. But you're, you're right. I mean, to your point, it is technically everybody's responsibility, but the the fire company um, officer as a historian, it, that's, that's an awesome, you know, uh, just mindset to have. And you're, you're absolutely right. One of the, uh, go ahead, chief. No, I okay. have it. I um, so, have Sorry. No. So, so one of the, one of the other things, it's kind of a, a, a three pronged thing, right. That I oftentimes talk about when we're, when we're doing this kind of content is yes, the company officer as an instructor, yes, the company officer as a historian, but getting away from the training aspect for a little bit. One of the other important things is, is the company officer as a referee is sometimes the phrase that I use. And what I mean by that is it goes back to that concept that many more careers are killed in the fire station than there are firefighters killed on the fire ground. Yep. Right. Um, and I didn't come up with that phrase. I don't know who to attribute that, but the concept of the company officer really doing um, a good job around the fire station, managing their folks in a way that, um, you know, somebody's not telling an off-color joke or somebody's not feeling hazed or bullied or something like that. It's really the company officer's job to be a little bit of that referee. And we want to we want to continue the environment that we all love in the fire service. Of course, you're going to, you know, mess with the rookie a little bit. Of course, you're going to joke around over the dinner table and things like that. That's part of, of what makes this job enjoyable and fun and different every day. It's one of the things that keeps us all sane when we go on all these crazy calls, right, is to, to talk, come back and talk about it and joke about it sometimes and diffuse a little bit. Um, but there's always times when things eh, start to get a little uneasy, start to maybe we're starting to hate, you know, get, get on that rookie a little bit too much, or maybe say somebody says some, um, you know, race, racial or sexual based joke or something like that that's not appropriate. We have to, as company officers, play that role of, of referee. And there's times in which maybe kind of a soft redirect might work. Um, like, you know, hey, you know, it's it, guys, all right, all right, we've given him enough grief today. Let's go over here and watch the football game or something like that, right? We're kind of that little soft redirect without making it about, oh, look at me, I'm the, I'm the officer. Um, but then there's also times in which somebody says something way out of line or something. That There's a, there's a time for a hard redirect as well. Yeah. There's absolutely stop. We are not going to talk about that anymore. I need you in my office, something along those lines, right? And so kind of figuring out what that um, – what that looks like for you and, and developing and honing those skills over the years as a company officer is, is really important. And I think I was just having a conversation with, with a, uh, one of our district chiefs that I, I came on with, and is just a fantastic guy, um, was talking with him earlier today about he has done a great job since he's been promoted to district chief in our organization and still being kind of one of the guys, you know, joking around a little bit, not being all stuffy and not being all, you know, look at me now, I'm a chief officer. Not that he would do that anyway, or that we have others that do it. But the point is, where I'm going with this is, he's still, he's respected, but he's still one of the guys. He can still crack a joke from time to time. He's still a human being. And then, so when the times do come up, when something 
needs to be dealt with a little bit more harshly or something needs to be, uh, you know, uh, you know, something where there's not no negotiation involved or no jokes involved. He has the respect of those folks that, hey, look, this is the this is the time when I need you to be like this. And, and you know, having that platform of being a good person and a good human and a good peer and, and comrade um, lends itself to if those times do come along where there's got to be a little bit of a, a more, you know, serious issue, then he has that uh, has that foundation to do so. So I, I think that probably makes sense to, to you guys. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And it's not easy, though. You know, I mean, you talked about a lot with experience or a district chief that's been on the job for a long time, that's been around the table for a long time. It's not easy of like, oh, okay, so was that a hard direct or is that a, is this a soft one or is this like a hard one? Like, because like, you know, cause I, I, I feel like we always have these conversations around the kitchen table. You're joking around or whatever else. And then you just like one guy throws something out or gal throws something out. You're like, uh, right. You know, and so, so at that moment, so I, I've got to, I've got to pounce on that for a second, yeah. chief, because at that, at that moment, you have one of two choices as an officer. You ever seen the meme with Homer Simpson disappearing into the bushes? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> where where he, he, he sees something and he just kind of goes and just and 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 at, at that moment at that moment i think there's probably too many that just say well i got some paperwork i got to go work on in the office we're going to let these guys figure this one out um and and maybe there's a time for that but if if that starts happening too often to where um you know the company officer just fails to lead and and just lets the train co- fall completely off the tracks then everybody's going to notice that um, and, and the company officer isn't just instructing in a formal way, right? When you're doing a drill or something like that, the company officer is very much instructing through their constant actions, tone, how they treat people. If they're a screamer when they pull up on a structure fire and they queue, they queue up the radio to, to give a size up report, like all of those little things are teaching whether you like it or not, yep. right? And everybody, everybody in our industry could sit here and name off people that have had a positive impact on their career, right? Um, you know, it, for me, guys like, uh, you know, Jeff Beachy, Mike Kenny, Mike Fosnott, Mike Rice, uh, guys that, that probably nobody on, on, on here or maybe that's listening necessarily knows, but those are guys that taught me how to be an officer and how to do the right thing, even when no one's watching, you know, that old cliche phrase about integrity and things like that as an officer. And I could also sit here, but I won't, tell you a bunch of guys that I don't think much of, and that, that they treated people wrong, that they were unfair in how they did things. They were a screamer on the radio. Nobody had confidence in them. Nobody wanted to work with them and things like that. Now, I'm not going to tell you who those people are, but I bet all three of you, and I bet everybody listening to this podcast could sit here and put a lot of names in both of those categories and realize that when you're an officer in the front seat of that rig every day, or even a chief, Every day you're falling into one of those two silos in someone's head, right? And make sure it's the right one. Make sure you're going to bat for them and you're looking out for your people and you're making good decisions tactically on the fire ground and you're calm and cool and collected. And you want to train, but not just telling them to train. You want to train with them and, and come with me, follow me, let's go do this. And all of those little things add up um, to, you know, a, a, essentially you want to be the officer that others will someday want to be. Um, and, and I think if you approach every day like that a little bit, I think it, I think it helps out a lot. And to be the good one on the other side is not because you, and, and back to the, what we talked a little bit about respect, 
the one and the all the ones that you just named off wasn't because you went to their house on the weekend and had a party. It wasn't because you went out to eat and you you drank beers and you did all this. It was because you respect you earned they earned your respect um, at some point and is most likely during a training. Most likely, how what you said is that what they're doing and what they're teaching you each and every day by their actions, how they treat people, what they do on a, on a regular day basis. Not because, you know, like I said, relationships are one thing. It's, it's you have friends and thing, things like that and you go out to dinner, but it's completely different when you earn respect of one another where we can have, we can have respect for each other. And then, and, and also it's not a glass, it's not a glass relationship because then if I respect you or you respect, so when that individual's out of all those three names that you might've uh, talked about, I can, I can almost bet that one of those in that good pillar had a tough conversation with you or yep. a redirect or a correction oh, yeah. or of that. I could, I could sit here and I could add another name to that list of somebody that taught me a very important lesson when I had done something wrong about going outside of the chain of command. I had gone on a scene and talked to a crew um, about something. I was the safety officer at a particular fire and I'd gone along and they were writ and I gave them a couple of things that I thought that they should be doing at that moment. And that officer came over to me and pulled me aside uh, a little bit later and uh, informed me politely but very sternly that I'm going to come talk to him um, if there's a problem with his crew. And I'll tell you what, he was absolutely right. And that was something that has stuck with me that I'm really big on the concept of chain of command, because I think it reinforces the importance of a company officer. Now mm-hmm. I realize that yeah. gets a little bit yeah. more, it gets a little bit more murky in maybe some of the, some smaller organizations and things like that. But I really think that, that, um, that, that funnel, uh, that funnel concept, it works up and down for chain of command, right? If, 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 if I'm in the, if I'm the Lieutenant that day or the captain that day and somebody wants a vacation day, well, they're going to send it to me as the company officer, right? And then I'm going to filter it up through to the chief, but vice versa. I think that that chain of command concept is just as important on the way back down that information gets disseminated to the company, preferably from the company officer yep. and things like that. And I, I, I bring up kind of a theoretical, a lot talking with the young officer groups, um, in that somebody makes a mistake on the fire ground. Let's say I, I could sit here and talk until dinner time on mistakes that I've made on the fire ground, right? That, that's that's just we part all of it. We, we, we all <laughs> make mistakes, right? Um, and so, say it's one of your young firefighters makes a mistake on the fire ground, and the chief is hot. Chief is is not pleased and heads right over beeline towards one of your crew members to 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 let them know what's going on. Um, as a company officer, in that moment, you have one of two choices, right? You can either Homer Simpson it into the bushes, and you can let that young that young member take their butt chewing from the chief, or you can step up and say, Chief, 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 and kind of cut them off at the pass a little bit. And Chief, uh, that's he's my guy. That's my, that's, that's our bad. What what to, what do we do wrong? How can we how can we t- try to fix this, right? And step up and be a leader, and enforce that chain of command in both directions. And the reason that I always bring that up is because it goes back to company culture and esprit de corps. And, and commitment in the company, because if that young firefighter in that theoretical moment is left out to dry, what is, what's his commitment to the company? What's yep. his thought of that company officer? And if in that moment that officer steps up to, to be there beside him, right? Um, then, then it's almost like the the, uh, uh, the the Bengal. I saw a clip the other day of the Bengals press conference or some some locker room stuff after the Bengals game. And one of the guys that had made a mistake at the end of the game, um, you know, was really getting you know peppered by reporters' questions. And one of his teammates just came in and just provided some support. Was there to act as a buffer and to, to say, "Hey, man, I got you," right? And it's and it's kind of the same way as in a company officer relationship. Um, 
in, in a theoretical moment like that as well. Somebody to kind of buffer that, somebody to step up and take ownership of that company. Because if something goes wrong, that company officer should say, my fault. That's on mm-hmm. me. And, it's and so, if, something go, if something goes right, then they should give all the praise to all the people. To everybody else. And it's so true about you. And, and this is so crazy because just as we were setting this stuff up, we had a couple of the firefighters from my department come in and look at the podcast stuff. And I had just explained that about you, Brad, to them that it's your, that you were, that I knew you as a company officer that completely took ownership of his crew. And that means so much. Like, and you can only do that if chief officers support that. Yep. Meaning, like, hey, if if one of your people have a problem or they can't pull that line or they can't force that door, or they can't get water on the out of the truck, I'm coming to you. I'm coming to the company officer. Like, what? Hey, your your boy or you, you, what the heck? He couldn't get the hose on the it, thing. And, and if that company officer walks into the day room at nine a.m. on a Tuesday and they see a bunch of recliners kicked up, we got a problem. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so back to your size, I do think, I, and I understand what you're saying, but even on the smaller departments, I mean, I only have uh, 16 full-time staff members, but it is a structure that works. I mean, they, they have to take ownership of that crew. And when they do, when they do take ownership of the crew, then they and, – and, and here's – in well, when you talk about the chain of command and the information coming down and then going back up, if you, if you treat it as going down, then what it's doing is it's allowing the company officers to gain the respect of their personnel that are on their staff to get trust into them and say, hey, because they're then funneling the information back and forth. Um, and, so, and gain the respect. And gain, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt no, you. And gain the, res, gain the respect of their bosses, gain the respect of their chiefs. Yeah. Because if the chiefs are going to, directly to the firefighters for everything, then that's inherently devaluing the concept of the company officer. Exactly. And they need to, and so like, and then in order for them to take full ownership of it, and I know that's what we, we, we harped on it a lot. Joel and I harped on it a lot and, uh, and, and built this company officer level that says that, Hey, you know, if we have uh, a captain that one of your people ain't doing this or did that, or I heard this, or I heard that we'd go to them. You know, we shouldn't be going to firefighters and giving them a duty or a task or anything of that nature. And if we did, because we had somebody's like in our mind, we already know those firefighters that, hey, this one's really good at this task that we need to have done. We're still going to go to his company officer and say, hey, I would like to have, you know, so-and-so do that. If, if there's any time for him to be able to get it done today, that would be awesome. If not, then either way, we're going to need him to do it because he's the best at it. But, um, but at some point, let's talk about being able to schedule it. And I think that that is... That, that just reinforces the fact that when we're gone, we expect the company officers to run it. So why right. wouldn't it be when we're there that yeah. we would expect the exact same thing? They that, take ownership of it. Otherwise, we have to take ownership yeah, of I it. Don't, we so don't, it. Yeah, it's not as if we're trying to shirk that. I mean, obviously, you know, we are responsible for everything that happens within the building. But, I mean, allowing that company officer to have that and develop it. They know their people. They have the personalities down. Just that tough information, if it has to be disseminated, disseminated they know exactly how to deliver it to the crew to still keep That's within the chief's message, to still keep within the spirit of the organization and make sure that it comes across in a way that isn't going to lead to uh, conflict. Yes. You know? That's a good point because if you, by knowing your people, knowing the personality, there's going to be the one that say, no, that's not the way it's going to be. This yep. is the way it's going to be. And he's going to take it great. 
he or she will take that really great. And then there's others where like, hey, you got to get the armor on. Like, hey, like you're not going <laughs> to do that. We shouldn't do that next time, you know. And, yeah. and knowing the personalities is a good way of how you're going to deliver the message to each individual. So yeah. that's a great point. And sometimes it's very hard. It's it's definitely hard for our positions to know the person. I mean, we, we know personalities to a point. Yeah. Because yeah. we only see so many. We don't see them in the 3 o'clock in the morning. We don't see them in the down, you know, in those types of calls that, you know, that are really, really, you know, sleep deprived and they're you know, having a really bad day. And we don't know something that happened uh, in between shifts that they're all communicating about that even happened at home that's affecting them. We don't see those because when we talk to them, usually, like, hey, how's it going, chief? You know, and they're always in a good, positive move. Yeah. 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 And so the, and that ha- good company officer comes right back and sits down. I mean, we had I had that situation the other day. You know, let me know exactly where one of these members is at in their personal life, because, again, you know, they, they have to be having a good home life. Otherwise, it is going to transcend into into our stations yep. or into our into our companies. Uh, so it's it it's imperative. And, and I that's why I go back to to me. It's it's it is the structure, you know, the size you can take any side doesn't matter whether it's 50 people, whether it's two people. It's the structure because yeah. that's where that just that cohesion comes in, mm-hmm. you know, that dinner table conversation that sometimes we're not present for. I mean, I, I yeah. love it when I get invited to, you know, I got a late meeting or something yeah. like, Hey, come on, we got, you know, we got dinner over here. It's like, Oh right. man, this, right. this feels good again. You know, it's yep. been a long time since we've been able to and do this. You know, one of the, one of the other things that I think is so critical and it really kind of rolls from this uh, conversation is just, and it's a piece of it is the concept of tone, right? That if yes. that company officer shows up every day and is, you know, half dressed t-shirt hanging out, but barely looked like he shaved is, you know, and is just, all right, here we go. We got this, uh, you know, we got this hydrant group we got to do today. And like immediately everyone is not, is not going to have a very good day. Right. It's just the tone at which the officer, um, you know, starts the day and maintains throughout the day is really, really critical. If, if all they, if, if, if all the officer wants to talk about is, well, the city's screwing us again with this mm, and the yeah. chief doesn't know how yeah. to figure this chief can't figure this out. And I don't know why I could do a better job. And if, if all of that kind of stuff is, is the baggage that that company officer is coming into every day with, then that company culture is going to, yep. is not going to be good at all. Right. Very, um, very quickly. And, th- and that's yeah. where I love your, your conversation about, you know, top, top up all the way up, all the way down, because that's exactly what chief officers should be doing for their company officers is exactly what we expect for them to do to their crews. Mm-hmm. You know, that right. sit down right. conversation. I know exactly with my, with my five officers I have, I know exactly how to deliver the message to them. Some I can be very direct and I can be, it can be a short conversation. They're going to absorb the information. No questions done. They're good to go. Others I know I have to spend 25, 30 minutes unpacking it, going through details. It's going to be two phone calls later, you know, two days later that they're actually going to uh, get it, understand it, and then push on and we're good. And, and that is, that's on us. You know, we have to because- do that. We have to know. Because, Chief, if you don't take that time to do what that cycle that you just described, then what is that message going to be from the officer down to their troops? It's not going to be what you did. Exactly. Intended. Exactly. And then, we, and then we get frustrated, yeah. right? So, I mean, if we don't take the time to know that, well, well, why didn't so-and-so do it this way? Well, you know, because you didn't take the time to understand your yep. people. That's yep. why. But but I will say just in like the last, you know, we've been on this podcast for maybe 20 minutes or whatever else. But, you know, like with Brad being able to say you, your energy that you bring just in talking to you right now, like energizes me like this passion of how we deliver like messages to each other. And and, and what that does is it it brings this energy to a room, you know, and automatically you you have a, a command presence and automatically you have this kind of like positive attitude that's going to you know, reignite some sort 
sort of everybody in this fire, everybody in the fire service, everybody listening to this podcast, everybody in a firehouse does have a flame. Sometimes it's very close to being burned out and sometimes it's burning at the top. Uh, But if you bring the right energy as a company officer, like you're saying, set the tone from the very beginning, bring the right energy that you might be able to make that flame just a little bit bigger. It's just about how and what to re-energize those officers that their flame is about burned out and or the firefighters flame is about burned out. How do you re-energize those? Um, and I know that we can talk about it of how we re-energize chief officers or how we energize company officers as chiefs, but how do you as a company officer re-energize a firefighter? Well, I, I think it starts with with realizing that even the good ones are going to have bad days, right? Everybody's uh, every, everybody's going to, you know, maybe they had a, a long night at home with a with a, a screaming baby or something like that, or maybe they didn't score as well on a recent promotional exam that they'd studied a whole lot for. And so even your good people are going to have some bad days from time to time. So I think that really speaks to what, what you guys were talking about a lot, which is that the company officer knows their people best and knows how to, um, you know, cultivate those people and, and, and you get them pointed in the right direction the best. And I really think that the best way to get people pointed in the right direction is to just lead with passion and enthusiasm and inspiration. I feel the same way about, about instructing in the fire service, right? Of course, the, you know, company officer is an instructor, right? Like we're kind of calling this session or or some other sessions uh, from the past. The, the, if the instructor walks in and the instructor just says, uh, oh, you know, it looks like, let's see, what do we got here? Chapter 13, ground ladders. Okay, exciting. So we're going to start here with the beams. Like, nobody's going to care about what that person says. You've lost them. Like, you suck. The, the class is going to be terrible. Like, what are you doing? Right? And and it's and it's it's the same way. When, you, when I ever do a class or have the opportunity to present, I don't want people to just walk away with some nuggets of stuff, maybe a drill to do or, or, or an idea for around the fire station. I, in, in my utopian world, I would want that attendee or that person or that student to leave with not just those little nuggets of information, but inspiration to go learn more. And it's the same way with a company officer, right? You want, if you're leading the right way as a company officer and constantly talking about professional development and going to conferences and reading Firehouse Fire Engineering magazines, and you're doing all of these things to be engaged in the job and other people see that, it has a tendency to rub off. It has a tendency to have a ripple effect. And they realize, wow, this, this, you know, the boss here, this, this captain, this truck company captain is really, really into this stuff. He's talking about going to a training. He was just in his office working on some other thing a little bit ago. Um, Cap, can you tell me a little bit more about that? What are you, what are you doing? And just the way that that officer talks, um, you know, to the crew, just being passionate, enthusiastic. I think that's the way to, to, as you say, um, you know, spark that flame a little bit and grow that is just by leading from the front, leading by example. If you're the company officer, be the one with your nose in a in a trade magazine book. Be the one, you know, uh, saying that we're going to do a drill every day. Be the one coming to you guys as chief officers saying, hey, look, I think there's a better, I think we actually figured out a bit, little bit better way to do this, chief. What do you think? Right? Um, and that, and I, I don't want to, I just want to jump in right there because when yeah. you said you want to go to the chief officer and that, that, that little flame for us is exactly what we have to do we can't suppress that if we suppress that that burns out the officers that burns out the officers flame right and your passion and your uh, part of a company officer goes away quickly if it's not like if you're coming hey chief i think we should do this well shoot i think we should be too you know so like and and i and i i say that a lot and i've always i've always kind of preached this fact that we should always say yes first as chief officers until we're proven that we have to say no 
Like, mm-hmm. right. If we always, if we always lead with saying like, yeah, like we, yeah, let's do that until it's like, oh, we absolutely can't do that. Because if you start off with no, well, then you're never, ever going to go anywhere. If it's always like, hey, can we do this? Can we do that? Well, no. Well, then you're never, ever going to go anywhere. But if you always say, yes, we can. And then maybe that it, as you try to work through it, it just works out that you can't do it. But now you've at least have a reason why. In our shoes, we need to know why we can't do it. Mm-hmm. Because it can't be because I said so. Because if it's because I said so, we have lost all of our people and we are not doing it the right way. And so when um, that's why I wanted to jump right in on that part. Because if we suppress the officers, then that's going to quickly go out and that's going to trickle down just as well because they they will have that same sort of they will it'll take away their uh, passion. He said no again. Yeah, he said, yeah. "Oh, go, go, yeah. what a surprise!" Yeah. You know, <laughs> I don't even might as well not even ask. It's not. It's so you've just kind of like suppressed this whole creative mindset. And if you've never listened to like the John Maxwell podcast, um, they talked about that creative thinking and then into the influencer and then just trying to just make sure that you have and create creative thinking within organizations and and if they're coming to you with ideas then absolutely give it a shot because if you're yeah. not giving it a shot then um then i think that those ideas will then slowly but surely not come to you anymore but i think too that's where a trans transparent communication between the chief and between the company officers because we're looking at it from a uh, monetary perspective from can we do it legislatively you know all the the legal impl- implications that come in with just one simple design change if we're if we're communicating that and actually developing our company officers and showing them what we look at preparing for our replacement then in theory they should already have some of those answers for us when yep. they come forward and that yes is a lot easier because they're going to know where our nose are. Correct. That's before a, it even gets to that's us. That's a really good point. Them. Yeah, that's so. a really good point. They're already going to know, like, hey, what questions he's going to ask me if I do. If I yep. do say, hey, we should try this, he's going to ask, like, okay, does it cost any money? Yeah. How much is and, it? And, uh, you know, what's it going to do? What's it entail? What do we got to change? Uh, you yep. know, and then what the impact of the organization as a whole is. Not that's not any hoop that we couldn't jump over. It's just saying that, be prepared as the company officer to be able to answer those questions because otherwise we may view it as, oh, well, they just came up with this great idea or they think it's a great idea, but they don't want to do any work for it. They yeah. just want to say, hey, I want to now throw it on to you as the chief to be able to figure it out of how it actually gets done. We have the idea. And if you as if you as a chief officer treat your company officer right and, and do say yes, do try to figure it out. If you treat those company officers right, they're going to become your biggest cheerleader in the organization. Absolutely. They're, they're, going to, they're going to talk good about you even when you're not around, right? Yep. And so the, the chief officer looking at the company officers through that exact same lens of everything we've been talking about for the past hour, the way a company officer should look at their firefighters, cultivating, developing, uh, pu- you know, pushing them for professional development, encouraging them to promote, all of those little things – if the chief is looking at the company officers as that same team dynamic as the company officers are looking at their own individual firefighters, then I, I think that's a great way to lead. Yeah, because, you know, I mean, it, it even it's the step of the micromanagement, too. I mean, like yeah. you don't want to you got to let them fly. You got to let them go. Let them make the decisions and they will make you happy. Yeah. And and there's going to be the times that make sure you're the educator, you know, and I, make the mistakes. Yeah. We all and got to where we're at by we all. Can do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we all make mistakes every day. I mean, you know, that's, that's still, it. it doesn't matter what it position is. you're at. You're still making mistakes yeah. and you're still like, we're still learning from it. So like, I feel like in, in, I, um, you know, I always look at it like, and even on our positions, like we don't have our bosses over here telling us what to do every day. Yeah. You know, they're not telling us what to, Hey, what are we dreaming up? And if you do, something's probably wrong. <laughs> Something it, is wrong. Exactly. Yeah. And, and so none of us, 
in this in sitting here today want to be micromanaged. Yep. And so and if you and if you are being micromanaged, Joel, you're exactly right that we're probably not doing something right. And uh, and we need to look ourselves in the mirror and say, what do we got to change? But we have to do the exact same thing to say that be transparent in the communication, whereas, hey, I don't want to be a micromanager on a regular basis, but if you are as a chief officer uh, talking to a company officer, or if I'm the company officer receiving this message, if they're having that conversation with you saying like, I would just handle it this way or why explain why you handled it that way. Um, then I think there's just that transparent, open communication that you get, you get exactly out of it, what you're looking to have out of it. Yep. So exactly. Good stuff, Chief. Uh, we've, we've we've hit a lot of the a lot of the big ticket items that uh, that I was hoping we would get to chat about. We can talk about whatever you want. Yeah, so uh, I'm really glad. But we have. You're right. We've we've. I could talk about this all day. I mean, because this is <laughs> this is what my enthusiasm is about. This is what my passion's about. It's about you know just creating an environment that people want to be around. What are we doing to for the fire service today to make it better than it was yesterday? And that means whether you're investing in yourself, investing into a coworker, a rookie, you're training you're doing something but you're doing something to make the fire service as a whole better today than it was yesterday and i truly live by that like and so um so i truly do appreciate all your time um captain french uh this has been a great uh you know past hour of just sitting here talking about what we believe a, a great company officer can do and the impact that they can have on our on on all, all organizations across because as one person as a chief that we can multiply the impact that we have on our organization and you guys as company officers can multiply the impact that you have not only in your organizations but what you have done for a long time uh captain french is you've multiplied it through uh speaking at conferences and showing your passion and and being a part of the ifsi and being a part of education groups and committees that the ohio fire chiefs association has and, and is looking for in people that want to be a part of the fire service to make it better today than better today than it was yesterday so uh truly appreciate all your time of uh you know spending with us so thank you very much absolutely oh, absolutely it's, yeah absolutely it's all three of you it's been my absolute pleasure and i've had such a great experience uh being a member of the ohio fire chiefs association and and uh getting to go up to the conferences and it's just always so nice to get to interact with like-minded folks that are so passionate and enthusiastic about the job um, it's always a good recharge of the batteries to make it up to that conference in the summer um, and to do things just like this so thank you very much for having me on chief o'brien Yep, you're very welcome, and uh, yeah, we'll see you. We'll see you soon, hopefully. Captain Brad French, Captain of Dayton Fire Department. He's a 22-year member of the fire service and holds degrees in fire administration, fire science, and criminal justice administration. He has served four years in the ISFSI Board of Directors from 2015 to 2019. He currently serves as a principal member of the NFPA 1700 and 1402 Technical Committees and is also a member of the Technical Panel of the ULFSRI Coordinated Fire Attack Study. He has presented at numerous National Fire Service training events, including FDIC, Firehouse Expo, Firehouse World, FRI, and the Ohio Fire Chiefs Association Conference. Thank you for tuning in to the Triple P Podcast, premier, professional, and proactive, brought to you by the Ohio Fire Chiefs Association. If you'd like to hear more, follow us on Spotify, Apple, Google, or wherever you get your podcast. And if you feel so inclined, please help us spread the word by telling your fire and EMS friends about this channel.